guys. Welcome to episode 28 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com. Hi, my name is Shekai Mickelson uh, with Atlanta Movie Tours. And we have a really, really awesome show today. I'm really excited about it. We have not one, but two film reviews. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we also have an um, interview with uh, Ben Affleck and the uh, director of The Accountant, Gavin O'Connor. And uh, our two reviews, of course, Girl on a Train and The Accountant. And our box office review and a couple other other little fun things. Other things. You teased a surprise last week for this week. I know. Is the that... other things are the surprise. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. That's very surprising. Well, yeah. well done. Well done. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get started with what's been up with you. Uh, still, still moving? No, I'm not going to allow this to happen, Emma. Let's lead off with your birthday. <laughs> let's lead off with your birthday. How was your birthday? My birthday was fantastic. Um, I had a really great party, and um, uh, I was just really, uh, just so much love, and uh, everyone came out, and it was great, and I'm really humbled by it, and it was a great night, and I got great presents, <laughs> um, which which uh, included uh, some bourbon, uh, some socks with Barb from Stranger Things on them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was just, it's a really great, uh, my friends just know me really well. <laughs> so it was a, it was a really great fun night. And then Saturday was really awesome too. Ended, ended my birthday off with watching the Muppets because, you know, the Jason Siegel Muppet version, uh, our Muppet, Muppet movie makes me the happiest of all the Muppet movies. <laughs> and that's, that's a great way to end your birthday. And then I was like, let's make this even more awesome. And I went ice skating on Sunday. And uh, for, for those that don't know, I was a competitive figure skater for, for 13 years. Um, so it's it's not like riding a bike, though. If you uh, haven't been skating in a while, you know, your, your skates might not be sharp. You may not have the best balance and you may fall and hurt yourself, which is what I did twice. And currently I cannot lift my my left arm much higher than a 30 degree angle without severe pain so oh good yeah you know getting older no but, well i like it and you're probably i mean i don't want to make any assumptions but you may have been ever so slightly hung over no not by sunday oh well listen i don't know i mean you know i, mean, so, I, par- I partied but i didn't party that hard some people go pretty big for their birthday especially when they're wearing socks with stranger thing characters on them so this is true yeah this is true <laughs> No, um, actually, uh, Saturday was great. I, uh, I had waffles, you know, cause weekends are for waffles. And, uh, <laughs> Alliteration. I don't know if that's on perfect on purpose, but yeah. weekend waffles. Yeah. There it's, you go. It's, I, I may or may not have a shirt that says that and I may or may not have worn it to eat waffles. Uh, it was a, it was a nice, it was a nice little weekend. It was kind of hard to come back to, uh, work after taking the whole week off and our whole weekend off and, and then injuring myself right um i just wanted to stay in bed <laughs> so did you did you get a little show offy is that what happened were you like all right oh let, God, let's, no. let's pull old old school emma out of the bag and show these knuckleheads what skating is or it was just no it was just me being dumb oh man <laughs> i tried to do uh, i was i was with one of my friends who's a, a hockey player 
and he uh, he had stopped and he had sprayed someone else. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do a hockey stop and spray him. And I didn't take into account that, you know, I, I skate now maybe once or twice a year and my skates haven't been sharpened and probably half a decade. <laughs> and on top of that, I hit like a groove in the ice when I, I went to do it. And I just went in a twisted, contorted shape towards the, the wall. I just like hockey checked the wall um, with like my, my left shoulder and my right hip and like my left leg. And I don't, I don't even know how I did it, but uh, it was just dumb. It all, it all happened so fast. So fast. It was just a blur. Uh, well, Listen, I, if, if it makes you feel any better, and I don't know why it would, I don't, you know, I'm originally from Salt Lake City, Utah, where we actually used to go ice skating relative. I mean, I'm talking, I was never competitive, but I used to ice skate often enough where I could do some of that stuff. And I seriously cannot remember the last time I put on a pair of ice skates. So that's, uh, I, I would fall down a lot. In fact, I didn't even think of like, oh, one day uh, we should go to an ice skating rink because I didn't even think of that being a thing to do here in Atlanta, Georgia. Not a lot of people do. That's yeah. why we, uh, I mean, I guess we have a fair number of rinks, uh, none inside the perimeter, but uh, we have a fair fair amount of rinks on the north side of town that are pretty nice. See, it's good to know. I'm learning yeah. all about this great city. <laughs> um, but what was really cool uh, that I'm, I'm really excited to talk about, um, I got to be a part of a documentary today. And uh, the film crew came in from the UK to uh, they're putting together this documentary on the evolution of comic book geek culture. And they found me through a video of um, uh, the panel I was on at South by Southwest for this topic. Nice. And I don't think they have any other girls in their documentary (laughs) from what they were saying. Um, So uh, I think that. Maybe their uh, potential uh, agent that was going to be working on distribution and selling for them uh, for the documentary was like, maybe you should get a girl in this. <laughs> and so, uh, so they they found me, and I spent about two hours with them this morning. We actually filmed at Atlanta Movie Tours, and uh, went through a ton of questions. Forty four questions. In Good total. lord! Yeah. Right. Did, uh, did they give you the questions ahead of time, or was it all very conversational? They oh, they did. Okay. Um, well, most of them. Some of them were kind of um, spur of the moment, you yeah. know, based off of what I was saying. But they did give them to me ahead of time, which was good because I needed to, to look up some some facts and some numbers and consult some friends on some things. Because uh, it's it's definitely a world that I love, but it's uh, not necessarily a world that I know a ton about outside of the film and television side of things. Right. Um, so I needed to do a little bit of research in, in the comic book space. Um, but it was... It was really good. I'm I'm really happy with it, and I'm excited to see what what ends up, uh, where it ends up, and how it turns out. And you know, I think we've we've probably had this discussion before, but I can't stand to watch videos of myself. And <laughs> there's there's videos of me doing you know interviews with uh when I was working with a uh, Walker Stalker the first time around, doing a lot of on camera interviews for them. Uh, and I haven't watched any of those. <laughs> None of the ones of me speaking. I don't know. It's just weird. And it's, it's a, I don't mind listening to myself, but watching myself, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I don't like it. For me, it's, it's a weird thing because I, I like almost, I'm fascinated to watch myself, not in like a, ooh, look at me sort of way, but in a, in a, wow, that's what I look like sort of way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's how I move my, actually, it's funny, you know, cause we, we were moving and, and we've got like a, a, a 
doorbell camera thing is part of the security mm-hmm. system we've got here. And I was messing around because we finally got internet turned on today. Oh my gosh. Uh, listen, I don't mean to brag, but I got my computer hardwired to the internet modem. I'm living the dream. It's a very exciting time. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, yeah, so I don't know if you want me to download anything because I'm going to download the living crap out of it. Anyways, <laughs> uh, but yeah, today, because uh, it, it basically turns on whenever you're on your front porch. And I was just out there talking because Mandy's parents are in town. I was just out there talking to them, not thinking about the camera. And I'm watching it back. I'm like, that's how I stand? What am I doing? So it's like it's like a weird, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an eye on yourself that you'd never have otherwise, thanks to recorded media. This is what we look like to everybody else. So, yeah, it's it is weird. You start to kind of overanalyze and overthink all of your mannerisms and <laughs> and all of these little quirks about yourself that yeah. I bet no one else notices. But you're like, oh God, I do that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So I got it. So now when I stand on my front porch, I stand out there like a man. Posture good. You know, uh, talking about looking like a man on a porch, right on target for every topic you wanted to cover. Um, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, right on point, right on point. So, uh, so that's interesting. You don't like to watch yourself, but no. you like to listen to yourself. So, but uh, how do you look? How do you measure against improvement? Um, I I listen to other people who have who have watched me. <laughs> Fair enough. You know that that can offer feedback to me about things that I can or can't do. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely feel like I I'm very self aware. So when I when I talk, you know, I've gotten to where I make a, a concerted effort to not say um and uh a lot. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is is just speaking slower and kind of watching what you say. And I feel like I do a lot of that kind of critique on myself. Uh, Oh, there I go saying uh, again. <laughs> just uh, see now, and now it's just a. Now you've said it seventy uh, times in a row. You're yeah. ruining everything. But, but just, I feel like you have a good sense for how things are going in the moment, and I definitely feel like I'm aware of that feedback. And then, you know, I also, I also ask people. You know, how do yeah. I do? What it, what can I do better? And and what was really great with the guys today is I think there were one or two questions out of the 44 that they wanted me to kind of word differently. And it's always really interesting when you're doing these types of interviews because it is a, a talking head type documentary and you have to kind of reword the question into your answer. So you can't just give an answer to their question. Right. And so it's a certain kind of awareness with everything you say that you've got to be repeating what you, what you were asked to make a full complete statement out of it. Right. Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting, and, and they provided great feedback. So they seemed happy when they left, so I hope that they got good stuff. And I'm excited to see where it ends up. There was some talk about maybe it ending up on Netflix. Ooh. Um, but I'm in some really great company with it, and I'm not going to say the other people that are on there, but, um, you know, there may or may not be, you know, the creator of Sandman on there. Oh, that, uh, not, that yeah, may or not, may not be something that you uh, almost may or may not have name dropped I may have said yeah i mean yeah. i didn't name drop i didn't drop a name Mm-mm, it's true no. uh well I'm, I'm, curious, <laughs> how, I'm curious about two things number one how many people were on the crew um it was just a two-person crew so nice. we had uh, and i'm not sure what their official roles in the production uh were but there was a the camera guy and then the guy that was kind of uh running the whole operation and uh, reading off the questions to me and and making sure that everything was I'm, I think it's probably fair to say that he was the director. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure yeah, he was. Yeah. sound like director things. So what uh, um, what are some of the questions you got? 
Uh, so we kind of walked through just the evolution of uh, comic book culture as a whole from uh, the, you know, where it started, the kind of fan base it had in the beginning. Was it fair to say that it was mostly, you know, uh, preteen boys that were reading comics in the beginning? Uh, when did girls kind of come into the equation? How did the DC and Marvel universes affect comic book culture as a whole? When did it become mainstream? You know, why has Marvel been so successful and why has DC not really made it happen yet? Uh, why why are comics so beloved? What does that say about our culture? Hmm. Uh, just just really discussing the, stuff, whole, yeah. the whole culture of it. Uh, it was It was a really great conversation to have and that both of the guys that were that were on the production were very knowledgeable in that space as well. So it was kind of like just having a conversation with other people who are also very knowledgeable about it. So it was it was very natural, and I I hope it comes across like that. We'll see. <laughs> I'm Maybe sure I'll well, watch it. <laughs> but he, well, here's what's interesting: having having made my own film, there were there were times when I was in the room interviewing people. And I was like, man, this person is not relaxing. This feels totally canned. It feels inauthentic because people sometimes just with the camera just go into a different mode. You try to tell them, oh, we're just having a conversation and they can't turn it off, you know. Um, right. But then weirdly, once you get into the editorial process and you start taking the sound bites and putting it together in, in your whole flow, uh, you, some of that is lost. You, you don't feel that same sort of... Um, Got to keep it natural. Got to keep it natural. Because that's I, like I'd love to see it too. Because I one of the fun things about a documentary is if is if you're talking about a specific topic or something, and and you've got a group of 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 interviews that speak to that topic, you can. It's amazing how you can weave things together, and somebody will you know set up a point, and you can have the other person kind of finish it off. You know, so right. it's very rare if you really watch documentaries where. It's like one person finishes their entire thought by themselves. Exactly. So it's, exactly. it's part of the fun. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious. I, and I hope they got good audio. That's an echo chamber there at Atlanta Movie Tours. Uh, we definitely had to pause several times because of sirens and yeah. trains and, you know, the, the city nature around us. Yes. Uh, but I think it sounded pretty good. I mean, they seemed really happy with everything, so... I'm Fingers stoked. Crossed. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll do. You, you listen. I'm sure you're going to be fine. I, 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 do they have an idea of when it's done? Um, I think they have. They're flying to San Diego tonight, and they're going to be doing. And I think they have four more interviews to do out in California um, for this, and then it's uh, headed back to the UK to do editing. Before they flew here, I believe they were in Miami and New York, and then they did some stuff over in the UK as well. Uh, I was there Atlanta stop though, so nice. that was pretty cool. Nice, but um, yeah, I don't have a date yet. I'll definitely keep everyone posted to when I uh, hear about that. I feel like I'm going to watch it first, and then if it's really good, I'm going to tell you guys all about it. And if it's not, I'm going to be like, "What document?" <laughs> You're going to watch it first, except skip over your exactly. parts. I'm going to screen it. You're going to skip over your parts, of course. I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. There was talk about maybe it going to Netflix. Um, but I think they're still looking for, for distribution for it. So we shall see. Well, groovy. Very yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I, I want to talk about your what's going on with you. I know you're you're moving. You're, you sent me some photos over the weekend <laughs> that, that look like you're kind of living in a little bit of a mess right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can hear in the background. Underneath my feet uh, is actually a crew of, of guys making our house not be on a roller coaster. So we've got the foundation being fixed. 
which is again, it's kind of my keeps my streak alive of of hosting podcasts in weird situations. I mean, it's not quite the lactation room of the hospital or the hallway of the hospital, but it's <laughs> it's somewhere in that same category. Yeah, so it's it's just been crazy. But uh, we're we're all of ourselves is officially in the house now. It's just a matter of you know setting it up. So we're uh, we're officially in here. That's a that's a fun part though is when you get to start decorating and putting everything together and and you start to see this this house really become a home you know well i'll tell you the thing that's that's kind of blown my mind a few times having moved so many times is kind of the realization i mean you never know what the future holds so uh but but this is our plan was all right once we're in this house we're it this is it this is going to be home um you know and and the idea that like this is our quote forever home and the idea is we don't have to do this again like really move has there it just like every once in a while that that calm will just overcome me like oh when i put this here i don't necessarily have to because i'm also one of the things i realize is i'm a little bit of like especially with my electronics i keep the boxes my electronics come in in case i need to move which and like the boxes electronics come in ends up taking up so much space so i have this like huge pile of stuff up in our attic and i'm like you know i don't really need this stuff anymore so it's like yay just just it's it's a different uh it's a different way of thinking that i've honestly never experienced before so that's probably the funnest part is like we're not just moving to a place we're moving to a place with the intention of making it our home Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And you really do get to to do like a good purge of just stuff you don't need anymore. And that itself is so uh, freeing. You feel like you you feel like you're getting rid of a lot of stuff and being very uh, conscious of the amount of space you have and being very organized. And in reality, that might not be true, but at right. least you feel that way. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've, I've talked to my wife, Mandy, about is is we because before we were in a two bedroom condo and now this is a this is a three bedroom house. So we're going to have uh, plus a, a kind of a big old dining area. So it's quite a bit bigger than where we were living before. So one of my things I keep saying, just because we have the space doesn't mean we need to fill it with stuff, you know. So I don't know if you ever go to like um, older people's houses and it just seems like every corner is just piled with things and it just feels like it's closing in on you. Maybe it's just me, but uh, I don't want a crazy house that's filled with stuff just because we can fill it with stuff. No, I think that's smart. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Thank you, Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. <laughs> exactly. I like to break out Jeff Goldblum quotes whenever appropriate. It's good. <laughs> um, well, cool, cool. I I definitely want to uh, talk about the the box office this past weekend because we've got a uh, we had some some movement in our rankings. Uh, we lost Sully from the top five. Ah, uh, Sully. But that was bound to happen. Yeah. Uh, what we did see is a uh, girl in the train, of course, came in the top spot this weekend with a total of twenty four point seven million. Uh, it brought in nine point four million on Friday alone. Wow! And the second spot was Tim Burton's uh, uh, Home for Peculiar Children, which is based on the young adult novel, of course, by Ransom Riggs. Uh, the film brought in fifteen million this weekend, which landed it ahead of Mark Wahlberg's uh, Deepwater Horizon, which came in third with eleven point seven million. The Magnificent Seven came in fourth, which was followed by the animated feature Storks, which is still hand- uh, hanging on pretty pretty strong. Storks has done pretty well for itself. Has it? Um, I mean, it stayed in the top five for a while. And, of course, one of the, the big expectations 
uh, for for uh, October seventh releases was uh, Nate Parker's Birth of a Nation, which was supposed to do you know really well, be an Oscar t- contender. Of course, it set a, a record breaking deal this year at Sundance. Yeah, uh, for seventeen point five million uh, this weekend, it only brought in seven point one million. So I think you know it's. If you you follow entertainment news, Nate Parker hasn't gotten the best press as of late, and I think that that really uh, that that case, which uh, there was a 17 year old rape case, which resurfaced this past August, uh, I think really did have an effect on people's interest in the film. And I think we might we might have even not seen as many public appearances um, in support of the film because they didn't want that topic to be brought up. So I, I think uh, that that probably uh, also affected the the box office uh, results for for Birth of a Nation. But I haven't seen it, so I don't I don't know if it's good or not. I can't comment on it. Well, I like I was gosh the the user ratings of it on IMDb aren't particularly aren't positive. Good. Yeah, well, five point five out of ten with nearly four thousand. Uh, reviewers. I mean, not that that's a science. I don't know. Right. I, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. I struggle a little bit because, yeah, there's always there's always a, a blurry line between the artist and what the artist done. But I mean, it is kind of weird that a case that's 17 years old is suddenly front and center right now when this film is finally coming to light and and wasn't right. wasn't front and center right when uh, all that headlines were being made at Sundance. So I can't speak. I haven't seen the film. I was very intrigued by it. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, nobody likes conspiracy theories, but I do find myself going, really? Now? Now it's yeah. when it's loudest? 17 years later? All right. But I guess, you know, things catch up to you. Things definitely do catch up to you, and and when you have you know kind of a, a big moment in the spotlight, yeah. that's you know uh, that makes for for good media. As sad as sad as it is, I mean, you look at everything that's going on um, politically right now, and it's it's just because it gives the twenty four seven news networks something to sensationalize and and uh, focus on, and it's just. It is. It is what it is. That's the way our media works. It's weird. I completely disagree. I don't feel like there's near enough sensationalization. Sens- What's a word that you use there? I don't feel like uh, there's been anything sensationalized in the news as of late. I don't. I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> What's no happening? Clue what I'm talking about? Yeah, my <laughs> gosh. Anyways, yeah. like I love it. Like, yeah, it's a whole different podcast. Let's, let's just go down that road. See where we end up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, I'm I'm bummed. I I would still very much like to see the film. I mean, it's always I would too. it's a it's a it's an ugly part of history. But um, I I really hope in my heart of hearts that it isn't like some sort of conspiracy, and it maybe the movie just isn't that good. Or something, right. but whatever. Anyways, uh, yay. Uh, but also on the topic of uh, uh, Georgia films, I do want to mention. You know, we we talked last week about middle school, the worst years of my life. Yeah, and had our had our interview with Lauren Graham. Mm, my uh, exclusive sit down with her it was yes. it was very good. Yeah. <laughs> You're exclusive. <laughs> it uh, it didn't do so hot this weekend either. But for I mean, it was made on an eight point five million dollar budget, and it brought in six point nine this weekend. So probably not too shabby for 
for what it was doing yeah. and uh, the, the audience that it was aimed at. And I'm sure it's going to, you know, bring in a little bit more over the upcoming weekends. And then I think uh, it'll probably do really well on, on DVD and uh, streaming once it hits those. But uh, but yeah, so that one came in seventh. And then, of course, this weekend, uh, Friday, October 14th, we have The Accountant coming out, which uh-huh. is also Georgia filmed. So let's talk about the accountant. Let's talk about <laughs> Batman doing a movie about math. I mean, it's probably too, way too soon to refer to Ben Affleck as Batman specifically, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about that all day today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love Ben Affleck. I just don't like him as Batman. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that being said, you definitely could tell that. I'm not sure the, the where the accountant fell either before or after Batman, I would assume after, um, but in terms of the, the filming production, but you could definitely tell you were dealing with a more buffed up than <laughs> Affleck. He looked more more Batman-like. <laughs> but uh, in case you aren't familiar with the story, uh, of course the film is, or, or was filmed here in Georgia, it stars Ben Affleck as uh, Christian Wolf, who is a uh, a math expert and has an affinity for for numbers more so than most people. And behind the cover of a small town CPA office, he works as a freelance accountant for some of the world's most danger- dangerous criminal organizations. And with the Treasury Department's Crime Enforcement Division, which is run by Ray King, played by J.K. Simmons, starting to close in, Christian takes on a legitimate client, a state-of-the-arts robotics company, where an accounting clerk, played by Anna Kendrick, has discovered a discrepancy involving millions of dollars. But as Christian uncooks the books and gets closer to the truth, it is the body count that starts to rise. (laughs) That's a fun way to close that description. That's the official description. Going to say the exact same thing. We're going to finish this with a boom. <laughs> then cook the books and the body count starts to rise. <laughs> Mic drop. Walk away slow motion. Copywriter. Exactly. Well done. <laughs> um so uh so yeah, you wanna walk me walk me through this review before we get into our interview with uh Ben Affleck and Gavin O'Connor. Well sure, we we can. So uh, this is the official Atlas review for accountant. And uh let's see. Scale of one to five, five being really bored. How bored were you? I'm going to give this uh, because I love throwing half numbers at you and mm. seeing seeing how you deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a three point five on boredom. Uh oh. So that's yeah. uh, that's so so kind of bored. All right. Well, so we'll just we'll just take that math round up and go right to uh, speaking <laughs> of rounding. How much were you rolling your eyes during this film? Oh, I like that. Nice transition. Mm, I'm good. <laughs> um, I was I was rolling my eyes again. Um, I'm probably gonna do. I'll do a three. I'll do a three with rolling the eyes. Okay. So so far, not so good. Well, mm-hmm. actually, that, okay. So what uh, what was wrong with it? Um, my, my personal take on it was that they tried to fit too much story into this film. Uh, they tried too hard and it felt very, very obvious to me. All, everything that they tried to make kind of a surprise was very predictable Ah. and, uh, and almost made it unbelievable. Some of the, the twists that they had. And I totally called every single one right before it happened and, um, and we're, of course, we'll get into to Girl on the Train here in a minute. And I hadn't read that book, and I, I 
didn't call that happening the way that it happened. And I really appreciate movies like that. I think it was right. the same thing um, with Gone Girl. You know, when you get a movie that really throws a curveball at you and you're like, wait, what? Right. Um, I appreciate that. And, and Although Gone comment- Girl, I, like, sorry to interrupt, but Gar- Gone Girl, the very ending of that, I, I, have a, I had a lot of issue with. Okay. But we, we'll, we'll circle around. We'll circle around. Yeah, that's that's definitely a conversation that we can have, and, and I agree with you. <laughs> I had I had issues with it, too. Um, Even though I, that movie is a great ride. I had a lot of fun in is. that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a great... It's a great thriller. Yeah. Um, but The Accountant, it just... It feels way too long. It feels like they're trying ra- way too hard to put way too much into it, and... For that reason, I was bored. I was rolling my eyes. I think Ben Affleck did did an all right job in it. I don't think it was a super demanding role. Um, they definitely have a you know a lot of people have asked him about uh, you know his preparation for the role, and he really is kind of a an OCD character who's dealing with a a type of autism and is brilliant with math and and with numbers. And, you know, once he starts something, he has to finish it. It's something that he has to do and things have to be a certain way. Um, and there's definitely a level of control that he had in his portrayal of the character where you could you could see that and you could sense it. But I wouldn't say it was an overly fantastic performance. I, I think the movie as a whole uh, is probably entertaining for, for a lot of people. But if you're expecting... Uh, and, and again, maybe I went into this movie with with expectations that were a little bit too high, just because it was Ben Affleck and the trailer looked so good. And um, I think if they had not tried to throw some of the twist in that they did, it probably would have been a better film. So it, when you say they kind of squeeze too much in, it, it, like, it, does that mean just like uh, the dialogue is too much, or there was like too many story points to try and service? Yeah, too many story points, too many things that they're trying to um, draw from the past to make certain scenes or certain I characters' see. motivations relevant in the present. I see. And uh, and, and then there's just. Uh, it's just too much there, and and you see that with so many of the characters. And then one of the the big surprises at the end, which which I won't give away, but um, there's a certain hesitation on this character, and which is what kind of gives away one of the big twists as as to why this character is is behaving the way that he's behaving. But then it that hesitation goes on for so long that it almost becomes, or at least did for me, became almost a little obnoxious and annoying. Uh, it's got like, it. I know where this is going. Why are you still trying? Why are you still acting like I don't know where this is going? I see. Like, no, I, yeah, I, get yeah. it. I see what you're doing. I say like um, it's like pulling the rug in super slow motion. I see yeah. you pulling the rug, dude. E- yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, right, so well, yeah. Okay. So yeah, but uh, so it was filmed in Georgia. But how how's the Georgia recognition factor in this flick? Uh, very recognizable. Oh, really? Yeah, the the computer engineering building over at Georgia Tech um, is the robotics center in the in the film, which is pretty cool. So that was pretty pretty uh, obvious if you've been on Georgia Tech's campus. There's a couple of other spots where you're like, oh, you're totally driving down West Peachtree Street, or <laughs> oh, you're you're totally on Peachtree in this, or you know there and and uh, what was it the the hotel in Buckhead that's across from the Whole Foods. Um, I always confuse that in one of the other ones. 
Um, the really, really nice one. Oh, God. Not Lowe's. I have no not idea. Lowe's. Yeah. Um, but that, that really nice hotel. I've done so many press junkets there. I should remember the name of the hotel. Um, <laughs> but it's the one across from the Whole Foods in Buckhead. Gotcha. And uh, they're in that one for a little bit. So, like, I'm over here, and I always get really giddy when I'm watching a movie, and I'm like, oh, I know where that was shot. Oh, I know where that yeah. scene was shot. So that kept me entertained watching this one because it's definitely one where you recognize that it is Georgia if you know the interiors of some of these buildings. That is probably a horrific endorsement for a film when you're just like, oh, I totally know where that chair is. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, does the film take place in Georgia? Uh, no. It does not take place in Georgia. Okay. Um, you do see like a, skitty, a city skyline at one point, and uh, you can tell that it's definitely not Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but... I, I don't actually recall where it was where it was set. Oh well, it's because you were too busy noticing the inside of a hotel. Uh, yeah, all right, so right. so it's ultimate <laughs> moment. Um, what is this thing? I'm gonna give it an at. Ooh, just a two. Just a two. Just an at. Well, mm-hmm. it's a solid two though. No no uh, no decimal points in there. We appreciate that. <laughs> trying trying to. Trying to keep it sweet and simple. All right. So, gosh, based on that, what a, what a fantastic lead-in to this interview. <laughs> hey, Ben Affleck, why don't you tell us about your stupid movie that's just barely an at? <laughs> so, I'm going to start with you, Gavin. Yeah. This film has got so many different layers to it and, and themes to it. Can you, How would you describe the story to someone who hasn't seen it yet? God, it's a, it's a difficult film to to describe. And for, I, the, the movie for me was it was about a father who wouldn't let the world set expectations on his son. So that was sort of the you know the doorway into the film for me. And but I w- in regard to genre, I would describe it as a thriller. I would describe it as an action film. I would describe it as a puzzle movie. I would describe it as a character study. And I think intertwined within all that and the fabric of the film is it's a it's a it's a fun ride and to expect the unexpected there's some great action scenes in there and can you talk about this special form of martial arts that you felt was important to use for ben's character well there was i mean i was trying to find something specific for for christian wolf and and um I met with my my fight coordinators and we started doing research globally, all the different martial arts, forms of martial arts and disciplines of martial arts across the world. And um, Fernando, one of the guys I work with, uh, had had found this uh, Pentox a lot and it was bringing me things. And that was the one that I just really gravitated toward for a number of reasons. The more I looked at it, the more I found it to be, it had a lot, it was very cinematic, it was flashy. But it was also had the, it had the potential if you, if you executed it correctly, be very efficient. And in my mind, I just all the action I wanted I wanted Christopher to be really efficient in how he did things because I, because of his super mathematical brain, I just felt like he would handle things as mathematically as possible, which be would be as fast as possible. So that's how we came across that style of fighting, and then it was injecting that into the action of the movie. Was there a lot of physical prep for you for that? A lot of rehearsals, a lot of training, and, and that was fun. I, was, I got a chance to do, you know, some sort of, you know, one of the nice things about being an actor is you get exposed to all sorts of things that you wouldn't be in, of course, your normal life. And this was one of them. We got to work with some exceptional fighters and, and exceptional martial artists and people who could do really impressive things and uh, physically and train with them and learn from them, and that was a gift. Yeah, it came off really well. 
Can we let's talk about the overall cast and that you've got this incredible abundance of talent. Can you can you talk about everyone except Simmons? <laughs> Why does Simmons let us down in this movie? I don't know. Just it just doesn't work. His performance. He's a nice guy, hell of a guy. Just it's just no good. But other than J.K. Simmons, everyone in the movie is really good, and I'm really. He's gonna love that. <laughs> Do you have any comment on that? <laughs> He's awesome. We had a great cast. An incredible, amazing cast of people. Just the kind of actors that make you better. J.K. Simmons is no one better than him. Anna Kendrick was so remarkable uh, in her role and so gifted and sharp and funny and quick. And, you know, John Lithgow is a legend. He's been around forever. He's done amazing. Going back to the world according to Garp. Um, so it was an honor for me to be working with these, these people. And Tambor. Jeffrey, you know, he, he, he like he makes his more. He's 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 in maybe five minutes of the film, and it's like he just has a huge footprint. And he's so good, and so he he was actually like so funny as a guy that it made it hard for me to keep a straight face. He's yeah. hysterical, yeah, hysterically funny guy. And that shifted the sort of the rhythms of the film. There's so many layers to it, but uh, Tambor and then Cynthia, who I don't even know. I mean, I know she's done television. I'm not even sure if she what what movie she's ever done. But that was the one role I was looking for someone that was sort of an unknown, make a discovery. I had such great talented actors that that audiences are familiar with, and I thought it'd be fun to for the, the person that is sort of the key in the ignition of the movie in regard to who is hunting for Christian Wolf. I thought it'd be interesting if you had someone that the audience didn't have a memory of from any other roles. So um, we met, I met a lot of girls that auditioned for that part, and Cynthia was, was just, she, had, she had all the, the qualities I was looking for for, 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 for uh, Mary Beth. Yeah, it was really great. And you're a director as well as an actor so is how does it work with the dynamic like how did it work going in with you being the director and you've had that role before is it hard to well, I mean I've been acting in a lot more movies than I've directed right. I'm very accustomed to the role of an actor and I understand that the way that works best is as an actor is you fulfill the director's vision. The director is running the whole ship and making all these choices about where direction the story's going. And, you know, you're in the narrow lane of your own performance. And it's, uh, for me, the, the, the best thing to do is just find a great director, which I did in this case. And then the second best thing to do is follow their lead. You know, go with where they're taking the movie and, and then try to find out how you can contribute to that story. Um, and, and that's what I tried to do, you know. Right. And lastly, what what do you feel audiences are in store for when they see this film? I think they're in store for a, a fun ride. I think they're in store for a lot of surprises and, as I said, expect the unexpected and great performances. So that was Ben Affleck and uh, director Gavin O'Connor talking about The Accountant, which is out in theaters this Friday, October 14th. So feel free to go out and see... A movie that is an at. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there were other people in the theater that liked it. Uh, so, really fast. just not me. J.K. Simmons. Is he good? Is he interesting in the film? He is. He is. I, I love J.K. Simmons. Me too. I just saw a, um, a post for him the other day of he was getting really, like, buffed. Uh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. That was that that photo. Um, uh, of course, that's for his preparation for the upcoming Justice League movie. But he's kind of um, I, it's scary looking. <laughs> he's he's really in shape, and all of those muscles on J.K. Simmons is just kind of like a weird. It's a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's like that phase when um, Ben Stiller went through his like I'm super buff stage. It's like you're mm. you're pretty funny, but. 
It's it's a weird. Usually, really funny guys aren't ripped like that. It's it's like a weird. I'm sorry. I mean, you're no Joe Piscopo, so let's take it down a notch. <laughs> Anyways, uh, well, that's okay. So there you go, J.K. Simmons, um, doing work. Doing some work. No, he's he's uh he's got it going on right now. So good for him. <laughs> uh, all right. So there's this other film. There's this other film called yes. The Girl on a Train. And uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, of course, it's based on the best-selling book by the same name. And in this thriller, um, Rachel, who is played by Emily Blunt, is devastated by her recent divorce and spends her daily commute fantasizing about the seemingly perfect couple who live in a house that her train passes every day, which is actually a couple houses down from where she used to live. Until one morning when she sees something shocking happen and then becomes entangled in the mystery that unfolds. So that's a that's the official description that is a little bit more uh, 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 vague yeah, in comparison I don't to... Know. Uh, it unfolds like a book that fell off of a table. I don't know. <laughs> that's just me trying to throw something to help it have... I like it. All right. Okay. So shall we jump right into the Atlas review of Girl on the Train? Yeah, let's do it. Let's all right, do it. So how bored were we? One to five. I wasn't bored at all. I do feel like it was uh, a long movie, and you are definitely aware of the fact it's a long movie, but I was never bored, and especially uh, there is a twist that happens in it that I didn't see coming, and after that, I was I was all in and not aware of time. Oh. Uh, so, not not bored at all. I'll give it a one. I'll give it a one on the boredom scale. That's a, that's a great, it's a great score. That great is. score. So, uh... I roll engage since we're rolling down the tracks on a train. Nothing. No. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it. the The wheels go round, and so does my eyes. No. no um, <laughs> uh, there was a little bit of eye rolling, I think, in the beginning of it. Is just when you're kind of getting to know uh, Rachel's character. Um, and and kind of seeing what a mess she is, and being like, "Come on, come on, girl, get your act together." <laughs> There, there's a little bit of eye rolling there, but it really is all a part of the character development right. for Rachel. And uh, I think once you kind of get to know her a little bit more, you see, you know, how all of that really, really made sense. Um, so I'll give it, I'll give it a two on the eye rolling scale. Uh, still pretty good. Still pretty yeah. good. So, uh, who's, what was the best performance? Um, I, I'm gonna have to say Emily Blunt. Um, I think she did a, a fantastic job as the lead character. Um, Justin Throw did a great job too. Justin Throw always uh, he played her her ex husband in the film, and I feel like he always does roles that are either kind of like way out in left field, like wacky, or like just really messed up roles, right. like uh, how, how you see him in the Leftovers on on HBO, which is one of my all time favorite series. Um, but he's just he does both kind of extremes really well and he was he was great here uh too and of course um Haley Bennett was great and uh really the whole cast i mean there there's a good amount of star power in this this cast uh, Lisa Kudrow was also in it briefly but um <laughs> but yeah there's a lot of familiar faces and everyone did a really great job nice uh, this this one wasn't uh this one wasn't done in Georgia was it nope no right. Georgia recognition factor here. So zero zilch, none at all. All right, well, uh, mm -hmm. what is this thing? What are you? What are I'm you going to rate it? Give it an atla. Ooh, a four. 
I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. You know, I feel like it is a very specific type of audience. Um, I think if you like Gone Girl, you will like The Girl in Train. Um, I think it is a very similar type of uh, story, very similar type of kind of twist that you don't see coming. And I always appreciate that. Um, There's a very messed up scene in it, which is very... uh, kind of different than the messed up scene in Gone Girl, but still <laughs> equally as messed up. And, and you'll probably um, never look at the object uh, that is used in said scene the same way again. Um, but uh, There is seriously yeah. something wrong with my brain, because I think I just pictured the most vile, horrific thing you could possibly picture there, just based on your try-to-keep-it-sweet description. I don't know if any <laughs> listeners out there suffer from the same thing I do, but just whatever happened was way worse in my head than what was happened in the film. Just throwing that out there. Oh, it was pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty gruesome. And it's, uh, I mean, I don't want to give anything away for, for those that haven't seen it and are going to check it out, but, uh, it's a very memorable death scene. It's definitely, uh, it's up there with the one from Gone Girl. Nice. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) But yeah, it's a, it's a great film and, uh, it's, uh, it's got an ending that feels a little bit more uh, justified, I think, maybe than than the Gone Girl. Yeah, ending. yeah. Gone Girl. I've. I mean, it's been out long enough. You know, we can kind of we can kind of talk about that. That really upset me that he stayed with her. Well, I think uh, it, like. I understood why they did that from a storytelling perspective, but the thing mm-hmm. that really bummed me out about it in the context of the of the movie is like the the ending. Like he got trapped with her in a way that didn't really follow the rules of the rest of the movie right it was like right there was there were so many ways he could have been out of there but they were all kind of ignored for the purposes of now he's got to stay with her that's what really left me wanting for that film even though right like i said it was like i see why they did it but at the very end it was like come on really yeah he's got to stay with her after all that Nobody saw her going in and out of his garage. Come on. <laughs> I know. You, you want you want some kind of sense of closure and, and justice for the characters after yeah. seeing a movie like that. And you just didn't get it in, in that movie at all. And, uh, you know, that I, I couldn't do it. If I was Ben Affleck, I would have been. I mean, that's horrible. What do you do? How do you get your child out of that situation? Right. But uh, you don't stop until you do. But you certainly don't don't just like go along and pretend everything's okay living with this crazy person who could <laughs> right. go go absolutely nuts on you at any second. And even when she's calm, she's still crazy. No. Oh, like the, yeah. the crazy's not going anywhere. Get away from it. <laughs> like that's right. That's right. Which, but again, if, if if it was written in a way where he was truly trapped with the crazy. It would have been way right. more satisfying. It's just that the like it'd be like if uh, you were trapped in a room that had an open door behind you. It it it's not. It doesn't feel like you're trapped. That's just how I felt. Like down on the weeds from a storytelling perspective, I felt cheated that they were just pretending that that door wasn't there. And to be honest, right. it's been a really long time since I saw that movie, but I I remember that really stuck with me afterwards. It's like I want to say I love that movie, and now I can't. I mean, it's not quite. What was the movie? Um. Signs. Do you remember that movie? I remember Signs. That movie messed me up. But it was so, that film. <laughs> I remember watching that film. Like this is the best movie I've ever seen. How are they possibly going to? How are they f- possibly going to fix this? This whole situation that's happened. And then when it was water, I was water. just like, nope, worst movie ever. And it's such a bummer because it, it it does such masterful storytelling up to that weird cop out point. It's all it's in the same almost category for me. Well, that's M. Night Shyamalan, so you can't be 
too surprised there. I know, <laughs> you know, uh, just uh, I know I'm taking this off topic because it's what I do. But uh, I, did you ever see um, Unbreakable, his second film? I haven't seen Unbreakable. I mm. think I've heard that that's a good one, right? It was seriously. I would have said it's my favorite, even better than Sixth Sense. I liked it, and okay. it was it was on recently, and I rewatched it, and I was like, oh no, oh no! Like the the ending felt a little tacked on when it the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, but it's weird what happens now. I'm a, now I'm just a cantankerous older person, I guess. <laughs> So. It is difficult when you go back and you you rewatch films that you loved when you were younger, and you were like, "Nope, don't know what I was thinking." <laughs> yep, I mean, um. it's still it's still really good, but it, I just remember it being like, I seriously said it was his best ever, and now, uh, anyways, I don't know. Still great performances. Bruce Willis <laughs> is badass in it; he's really good in it. So, okay, so now we're talking about M Night Shyamalan. And yeah, uh, and not Ben where, Affleck. Yeah. That's where we went. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I like it. It's a good tangent. It, it made sense. <laughs> okay, it thank fits. you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's it for our movie reviews and our, our interviews for this week. We do have um, some cool stuff coming up for next week. We'll have some surprises, oh, as geez. we always do. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, but I also want to announce we have Project Cosplay, of course, uh, the, the, uh, wait, yep, okay, we have Project Cosplay on October 20th, I was like, wait a minute, I was looking at the November calendar, and I was like, wait, nope, that's not right, um, October 20th, we have Project Cosplay at Joystick Game Bar on Edgewood Avenue, and of course, this month's theme is Walking Dead, so it's going to be zombie awesomeness, and of course, three days before the premiere of season seven of The Walking Dead, so it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be I was. I got nothing to die for. Oh, that was a better. Pun. That's a good pun. Well done. Yep. Yeah, I do what I can. Oh Lord. Um, <laughs> just, a, just a mess over here. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it should be. It should be a great, uh, great project cosplay as always. So please come out and uh, have fun, geek out with us, have our have a, a mini Dragon Con with uh, your your geekdom friends who i'm actually I, what's very exciting is now that we live itp again uh i i i like to think i'm going to start being able to make more appearances at these project cosplays again even i mean with a grain of salt i do have a child so i guess eventually i i have to make sure i'm fathering this child well but uh also project cosplay is a lot of fun so maybe i can make it out to that one well cool we will save you a seat and uh, I hope you can make it out. Of course, you know, like always, it starts at nine. You want to get there a little bit before that to, to grab a drink and grab a seat. Uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. Unless you're me, because you just said you were going to save me a seat. Well, yeah, I'm going to save you a seat. And then at 8.59, I'm going to be like, Jakai's seat's up for grabs. <laughs> 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 Told him to get here early. <laughs> Great. Well played. Well played. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's all we have for for this week. You got anything else on your end? Uh, I don't. I don't. I was going to make another ha ha ha. Something's wrong with my butt pun. But I guess okay. I kind of did anyways by saying I wasn't. So just end the <laughs> damn episode already, Emma. Come on. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us on the Atlas Podcast again. My name is Emma Loggins, editor in chief at Fanbolt. Uh, my name is Jakai Mickelson with Atlanta Movie Tours. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.